0: Are you ready kids? Hi, aye, aye, Captain. Look at me short. I'm the captain
1: now. Welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Super Coach Co-Captains podcast. I'm one of your host, Dano, and with me as always we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Yes, hello, Dano. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh yeah, pretty big week, so let's jump straight into it. Yep. Uh, our group winner for this week was Luke Balls. Ripper name coach is Chris with two thousand four hundred and forty-two Pato and some huge midfield scores in there. Yes. Yes, um, some interesting <laughs> PODs.
0: Um, had Callum Mills, which is a very, very ballsy, ballsy pick, but maybe even more so is Bailey Smith. But I reckon we'll talk about him a little bit later on, Dono. And um, Took, I reckon he's going to come very
1: popular this week with a very big primo going out. Yep, Yeah, You I mean, also had Ben Keys, So a very nice, different-looking midfield there anyway. Pato, we have a one big injury for many, many teams, and it it's sad to say. It's Jack Steele with his shoulder, Pato. Yes. Um.
0: In hindsight, I'm shocked he came back onto the ground. Don't know. Yeah. It's been um. Weird. Yeah. Obviously, obviously went down and it looked pretty bad, but he, he came back out in the third quarter, and we thought, oh, he's fine, he's fine. Um. Spent most of the second half up forward and and did a pretty admirable job to get to the seventy odd that he did. But um, yeah, it's come out that he's had an AC joint injury and he's gone in straight for surgery. He's had that today, so yeah, looks to be at least six to eight weeks, depending on how quickly it heals. I reckon he's had shoulder history as well, Dano. So I don't know how how accurate that six to eight weeks is, but either way, that's at least
1: six, and you've you've got to trade, unfortunately. Yeah, some were reporting six to eight weeks, some were reporting eight to ten. So regardless, you got to trade. Um, but we'll discuss some trade options later on. But the next one, I was watching this game, and that's Braden Proust So he 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 hurt his wrist at one stage there, and fucking fear went through my heart, and then he was fine. And he played out the rest of the game, and he was fine. So I wouldn't worry too much about this one, Paddo, with Braden Proust. Um, he'll play next week. Well, this week. Sorry, I should say. We're recording on a yeah, Monday night. Just, um, just hopefully McVeigh doesn't do too much switching a Roo with his
0: Ruckman, just some other players. But that's another thing that we'll definitely touch on in this podcast.
1: Yep, yep. Anyway, we'll go on to rookie trade-ins. So the big one, which is Greggy Clark at 117K minus 97 break-even, 83 average. Um, what did he do against Melbourne, Pato? Because he, he pumped out a lower score, but he wasn't just playing footy; he was kind of doing another role. As such, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch the game, but apparently he tagged
0: Petrarca, which is interesting. But at the same time, West Coast are, are looking pretty abysmal, and they may as well try try some things. So, I wouldn't look too much into his sixty-two. I still think he's an absolute must-have, um, regardless of what the rest of your midfield. Sort of rookies look like. Um, he's got the Giants on the weekend, Dano. Uh, nice little sort of initiation for the new coach there. I wouldn't mind. Uh, probably oh, the Vegas. one team you'd want to play in your first game at home. <laughs> um, but I mean, he may run with someone, but it, obviously there's no petrarca level sort of players on the on the Giants, Dano. No offense. There's some guys that have shown glimpses, but anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, hopefully, you just get to unleashed. Him just plays as a pure mid and can sort of score you eight, 80 to hundred and be a really nice M eight until he's time
1: to upgrade as your final upgrade. I think he's gonna gonna be a really good on field option for us. Yep, yep. The next one's Luke Stranautica at minus seventy two break even. So we mentioned him last week. If he's named, get him in. Um, if you didn't get on the Hayes train, the Hayes train. Yeah, it's Sammy Hayes. He's already two seventy six. Yeah, I know. He's gonna keep making money though, mate. Yeah, no,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah. So the same as we said last week. If this isn't an option for anyone that, that has Sam Hayes, but if you for whatever reason don't, um still a great option if he's named.
1: Exactly why I said if you miss the Hayes train. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Pado. Pado, Pato, Pado. Anyway, next one's Ben Hobbs at two sixteen K. Pado's put this one in there as a bit of a how are you doing? 56 average, minus 41 break even. But what's his last two scores been, Paddo? Yeah, it looks like he's
0: acclimatizing to his half-forward role. He's at a 93 and a 5 in his last two. Obviously, the 93 was in that win and 75 was in a pretty heavy loss. Um, he actually is getting involved in stoppages a little bit more. He was sort of floating around half-forward, but was kind of lost after the, the centre bounce. But it seems like he's getting a little bit more involved in those Secondary and third, um, third up stoppages and getting really involved. Um, he actually had more CBAs than Zach Merritt on the weekend as well, so I'm not sure what to read into that. Zach Merritt's pretty good at footy though, so I can't imagine that lasting. However, Jai Caldwell has played a fair bit of midfield the last couple of weeks. He went down injured, so he's he's not cheap, and Hobbs, but. If you need someone that's going to make 150 to 200K, I reckon Hobbs could make it now with this new role.
1: Yep, yep, that's fair, that's fair. Anyway, the next one we got is Buku Kamis 127K, minus 32 break-even, 54 average. Playing as a defender, but what actual role is he playing, Pato? Because it is not in defence. Now, he's available as a defender, but he is playing up forward for the Dogs now.
0: This this guy was actually really good on the weekend, Dano. was quite an exciting young bloke. Um, look, just like a, a few other forward rookies like Maros Rioli, the role isn't great, so it's probably not an on-field option. But if you just need someone to downgrade to in defence, uh, Buku Karmas, I think his job security is pretty good. There's not really any forwards banging down the door. Um McComb actually played forward in the weekend. And, gee, I hope he doesn't get dropped because he's only made 70-odd K. Uh, sorry, 90-odd K. Um, but that's another issue. Uh, yeah, I think the job security looks pretty good, but the scoring will be volatile. So I think um, I think you've got to take what it is. Um, it's a defender rookie, and we haven't had one since round two. So yep. take
1: that what you will. Yep. Um, We've also got Rory Thompson listed down here. Uh, 123K in defense, 45 average, minus 16 break even. This man has not averaged more than, I think, 60-something in his career, but defensive rookie, Paddo. Yeah, and honestly, if you're downgrading a rookie
0: now, you want them playing. It's not going to matter about how much money they're making because you're probably not going to use him as a cash generator you're just going to use him as a warm body and that's where someone like rory thompson you know like yeah he's had that uh, a really really big uh big history of injuries but if he's healthy he's playing every week and gold coast have actually won their last two since he got back into the team and are looking much better defensively so i don't think that's a coincidence and i think he's a decent downgrade option um is probably a lot safer than buku in that Dogs team, um, as well as there was another Dogs rookie as well that would you'd be going early if you brought him in this week. But even then, you just can't trust these Dogs players to, to play more than maybe three, four or five games because they're probably one or two bad games away from getting dropped. So Rory Thompson, I think, is probably the better option of the two just because of the job security.
1: Yep, yep. And the yep. Bulldogs rookie that you were talking about there was Cleary in defense. He's played the one game for a 61, so he didn't do too bad. But as he you actually said... He actually looked all right. He actually looked all right too, Dano. Um, has a bit of dash off that half-back line. Mm. Mm. But as you said, very volatile. And yeah, Western Bulldogs. So yeah, keep, keep an eye on him for next week though. Um, we we'll see how he goes this week and he might might go all right Anyway... Defensive trade-ins, Paddy. So, uh, can we just can we just call this the George Hewitt freaking podcast? Because we mention him every week. we got him again at 550K, 118 average, 54% of teams, 89 break-even. I, th- I swear every week we say, if you don't have him, you must bring him in now. And we've said that for like five weeks in a row, six weeks in a row. Well, no, we haven't because he's been injured for three weeks. That is also true.
0: But we but- still bring him in. <laughs> At current rate, he looks like he's the be- going to be the best averaging defender. Averaging 118. No, he had three weeks off with a issue and came back with a 121, don't know? And um, he's actually North. playing his former team this Friday night. So, some people believe that, that players have that extra bit of motivation against their former team. Will Brody dropped a 121 on his shit-ass Gold Coast Suns. Um, I I say that but they actually knock them off (laughs) they They but Will Brody certainly proved to them that he could have been a nice little addition to that Suns midfield Um, so yeah Hewitt might even be a cheeky VC option but we'll talk about that a bit later but yeah if you're one of the 46% of teams that don't have Hewitt or maybe you traded him out you're going to need him in your team Um, you've probably missed the boat on James Hissley like I have even though I'm probably going to bring him in this week at 593 (laughs) because I'm an idiot but at five fifty, it's still a great price. But you're not going to get in for that much longer.
1: Yep, yep. Sam Doherty's our next one at five fifty four k, one hundred and fourteen average, nineteen percent of team. So a bit more of a POD than Georgie Hewitt. Um, one hundred and three break even though. But yeah, Sam Doherty, fucking what a man, what a man, and he's a scoring beast. And I th- do you have any concerns with um, Doherty? Paddo, because in these notes it looks like you do, or well, you might have some concerns. Yeah, Zach Williams went
0: down with a with a serious calf injury. It looks like he'll be six to ten weeks, roughly. I think it's more um, than a calf, mate.
1: I swear it. That no, looked like
0: an Achilles. No, no scans have come back, and they've said it's a calf, not Achilles. Ooh, lucky. Yeah, I didn't see it, but it did apparently look like a really serious Achilles. So I'm glad for Williams' sake that he hasn't done another Achilles, because that you know threatened to derail his whole career with that that snapped Achilles. So from all, if you believe Carlton, he's a, a avoided the Achilles injury, but he's done his calf, so he's cooked. So look, I don't know whether they're going to bring um oh, one their one of their first round picks has actually been playing halfback for the VFL and done. A decent job of it. I wish I remembered his name, but that's irrelevant. Um, so I don't I can't see them moving Doherty back, but it's probably an option for them, just seeing on how they want to restructure that that group. So I still think he's probably a top eight
1: defender. So I think he's still at a pretty good price. Yep. Uh we've got another one around the 550k range. Uh Bailey Dale, 106 average, 4% a team. So huge POD, 108 is his break even. Again, we mentioned in previous, Pato, he's quietly flying under the radar. Um, pretty solid season considering the fucking Western Bulldogs teammates that he's got swiping points left, right, and center. So um, not not a bad shout. Yeah,
0: last year he um, was kind of popular because he was a forward, obviously, and his scoring was quite up and down. Uh, he's he's cut that out now. Yeah. Um, He's only dropped below 103 times, and it was for an 86, a 90, and a 95. Now, last year, that was sort of 60s and 70s. So he's fixed that up. Um, I think he's a really good D6 option um, at 550K, although I think there's a couple of cheaper options that we're about to talk about, Dono, that I think are probably better. But maybe even as a D5, I don't mind it. Um, the scoring is there with a whole bunch of other Bulldogs averaging over 100 as well. So I think he's pretty... Pretty safe to average about 105 to to 110 and be
1: a a really nice option for us. And yeah, a POD, which is pretty crazy. Yep. Next one is one that we mentioned last week. Jordan Dawson at 532K, 104 average, 8% of teams, 73 break even. So, Pato, I didn't actually get to watch this game, but you've got reports on it. So take it away. Yeah, I didn't catch it either, but all reports are that in the second half, Jared
0: Berry moved on to... Trying to gate Jordan Dawson. So obviously, Brisbane thought that he was looking a little bit dangerous and was probably on track for a sort of 120, 130 score before that happened. So the role has certainly changed. He's up around the ball a lot more. He's up around stoppages, starting off a halfback, but just being really involved in it. So, sorry, starting on a wing, not a halfback. Um, So, yeah, he's back to that Sydney role. And I think at 5.32, you've got to bring him in because he'll be out of reach in a couple of weeks. And he doesn't have a horrible buy either with that round 13 buy. So, it's taken me this long to mention the buys, Dano, and here we go. Um, But Dawson, (laughs) I think, still a great option this week. I brought him in last week. um, But, yeah, great price.
1: Now, Paddo, I'm going to pose something to you. Would, Would you say no to someone that's around 495K and this has been his scoring so far? 115. 117, 128, 92. Missed two games, though. Came back, his return game was a 62, but then he goes to 107 and 115. At 495K, would you say no? Uh, Without context, no, I wouldn't say no. But with context,
0: he missed a game with COVID. He missed another game with injury, and he's got a long history of soft tissue injuries. So... That is important background information. However, if you do like a really big flyer, Jeremy this McGovern, is you guys, still at under five hundred thousand. We mentioned him last week. Yep. Can't remember who it was, but someone asked for a defender under under four eighty or whatever it was, and or well, under five hundred. And I didn't even hesitate, Dana. I said McGovern, hundred um, percent. It's risky. You'd probably want cover, but with the DPPs happening at the moment, you can easily. Have a non-playing defensive midfielder as your sort of D8 by post buys. Obviously, you want playing bodies during the buys, but that final upgrade of a of a McCartan or a Deconin can definitely go down to a a non-playing 100k rookie, and you can easily just swing a another playing defensive mid.
1: Yeah, two uh, percent of teams, two percent of teams. Pano 105 average there, 70 break yep, even. So he's, he's probably going to go above 500k. So if you want to jump on, now's the time. Our next one has though. a pretty decent has a pretty decent record against the Giants too, Dana. Mm, our next one, our next one, Essendon Jordan Ridley four ninety two k ninety four average, fifteen percent of teams sixty two break even. What's his three round average, Pado And what is his role currently? Because it looks like he has been freed up a bit more.
0: Yeah, three round average of one hundred and four, and yeah, they they've they freed him up a little bit more to to kind of do that intercepting and and kind of play that James Sicily role that he's playing now and just getting a bunch of the footy. So it would take a brave person to trade him in, I think, because the role can obviously change at any time. Mm. And, and yep. I know there's a bunch of people that just got fed up with having his sort of 60s and 70s when he was playing in lockdown and have traded him out. So can't blame those people for being salty for the rest of the year and not even wanting to discuss him. So feel free to skip forward a few seconds here. But... <laughs> I think he's worth a look. He's got the history. We know his ceiling in this role. Um, he, what, averaged 130 in the first five or six rounds last year, Dano, in this yeah. role. Um, yeah, he's a monster when he's playing this role. It's just whether you think it's going to maintain or not. So there's there's decent value elsewhere if you don't want to touch this. But yeah,
1: um, could be a, a very, very suave pick here, Dano, at the price. Yep, 100%. We know his ceiling, great price. Just, if you got the wheelbarrow going, a wheelbarrow gonads, go for it. Um, we'll move on to midfielders though, Pato, and one that I mentioned last week as a bit of a POD, um, very last minute POD, was Rory Laird, and he has actually gone up in price now, uh, 634k, 123 average, 1.5% of teams, 108 break even. We were worried about his ceiling, Paddo, and I was like, oh, I reckon he's he's got it in him, and what the fuck did he pump out? Uh, it was one thirty odd, wasn't it? I feel like it was. I oh, know 140,
0: 144, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a. It was a. He's got a ceiling. He's got a higher ceiling than you thought. And I remember too. Um, he has those random games where he goes even one seventy plus here and there. So. When he plays I, Collingwood, usually. Oh, when do they come? When do they play Collingwood? That's a Don't very know. good question. Let's quickly look this up while we're live on. Well, not really live, it's pre-recorded. But <laughs> we're recording it
0: live though. Um yeah, yeah, yeah just true. while Dono's looking just while Dono's looking that up. Um, it's not often we'd suggest these higher priced guys. However, this week we are assuming a lot of people have a fair bit of money to spend, obviously, because of the Jack Steele injury. So a lot of people will obviously be sidewaysing there. So that's why it's I think Jack Steele's about five hundred seventy k, so it's not hard to find the fifty k or so to get to these guys. So it's actually kind of exciting in a way, Dono. When you look past the, the the disappointment of having to use a trade on someone and on, on a premium that got injured, it's kind of exciting shopping for these Uber primos and thought, oh, you know, who
1: can I bring in here? So I find mm. that kind of exciting, Dono. Yep, yep. Anyway, back to Rory Led. Um, he's already played Collingwood once, but he plays him them again in a round eighteen. Pointy end. Pointy end. Um, Of course, like Pato said, round 13 by, but huge POD, 1.5% of teams. I am going to guess that that is going to go up at least double, Pato, at least double this round.
0: Yeah, agree. Usually, uh, usually when people lose a a premium and there's a a guy that has a kind of spike score there, they certainly look to jump on um, because of that score. So, I can see the logic. Um, it's a decent POD. I reckon it could even go up
1: to a sort of a three, uh, sort
0: of a 4% after this week, don't it?
1: Yep, at least double, at least. Um, we'll move on to the next one, which is, we talk about this guy ever since he dropped in price, is Tuke Miller, 632k, 120 average, 33% of teams, and he has a 120 break even. He's fucking back. We've said it before, we've said it again. Great training option for Steele this week. I feel like we can move on past him, Pato, because we talked about him enough.
0: Yeah, I just want to say this is probably most likely who I'm going to bring in for Jack Steele personally. So, um, even though he's got the dogs this week, um, he doesn't have the round 12 buy. So, everyone knows that I'm obsessed with this, with primos that don't play in that buy, Dano.
1: So, yeah, Toot Miller, tick, tick, tick. Let's go. Yeah. Fun. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to hate me for this one, Pato. I looked at my buy structure and my buy structure has worked out perfectly. And I never even, planned for it. I'm um, one lucky fan. Anyway, the next la- player is... <laughs> the next player is Christian Petrarca at 578k, 117 average. 27% of teams um, own him. 99 break even. He's still an okay price Pato. I mean, he started the season over 600k, so... who And he plays North Melbourne. He plays North Melbourne. But yeah, shit. if
0: that wasn't reason enough, don't know. Um... Scored 136 against West Coast while being tagged, Dano, and he kicked two goals for. Like, mm-hmm. just imagine what it could have been.
1: Mm. Yep. Agree. Yeah.
0: North this week, I actually fear for North. Um, Christian Petrarca could absolutely have a a day out and a half. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you don't have Petrarca, this is your week. Um, even though he's got the round twelve
1: bye. No, he doesn't. He's got round fourteen, doesn't he? Doesn't matter. He's a he's a good option. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's a good afternoon Regardless, Now, this next guy realistically could have been in 25% of the team's minimum at the start of the season. I reckon it would have been about 40%. He's currently in 3.7% of teams because he missed this round one. And that's Sam Walsh, 601K, 115 average, 116 break-even. He's getting pretty fucking hard to ignore, Paddo, because he's got a five-round average of 120, and he's just... Yeah, I
0: was absolutely going to be one of those teams that started Sam Walsh. I love watching the guy play. He's an absolute star of the competition already, and he's only going to get way better, much to the other 17 clubs discussed. Um, Star of the competition, and yeah, 601k, so he's still a pretty good price. Um, I think he's really, really gone up to scratch now. He's had his little mini preseason, and the scoring is... Clearly, clearly up where it should be with a five round average of 120. So I think it's a pretty decent trading option
1: for Jack Steele, or even just people upgrading. Yep, yep. Next one's Bailey Smith, 532K, 112 average, 11% of Team 71, break even. Now, bit it's a bit risky if you're going to be banking on him getting forward status, Pato. Um, I know that Supercoach is about to reveal... Um, who is on track for the round 12 DPPs. Uh, It's coming out tomorrow, so by the time you're listening to this podcast, you'll already have seen it. So, he look, he has massive games here and there, but I'm a little bit weary because he plays for the Bulldogs. And there's another Bulldog that I'm having my eye firmly on that could get DPP, and I'd rather him over Bailey Smith. But that's just me. What are your thoughts on Bailey Smith at the moment, Pato? Well, we may as well throw Bont into this
0: discussion as well, don't know, because I think yeah. it's the same same thing. So 111 average, nine percent of teams, and a break even of 97 for Bont and Pelly. Um, for both of these guys, I don't like these guys as a mid only at all. Um, yeah, Bailey Smith maybe at the price is okay value, but just find 40 more k and get Petrarca. Um Bont at 570 k, I do not like just because of how often he can get thrown forward and play. A lot of time down there but this is a huge but if either or both of those are forward guys um the top three or top four forwards are all dogs players don't know that's as plain and simple as that hmm. um between english dunkley Bont, and baylor smith i think that would be the top four so it changes the discussion a lot based on whether or not they're going to get dpp so maybe we have to wait and see what the the herald sun announced tomorrow and make me make our judgments off that. But if it comes out tomorrow morning that Bailey Smith is about a ninety percent chance of getting forward status, and I don't mind it as a trading option this week, while he's still really good value, um, especially for a Jack steel trade, which you'll make a little bit of money off that, and bring in your your F two or F three at five hundred thirty-two thousand, which is sixty k cheaper than Josh Dunkley Dana, who's the number one mm. ranked forward at the moment. So. Yeah, it's all so dependent on getting the DPP. So just just wait and hear the news. But same with Bontopelli, obviously. Um, At a 111 average, it almost doesn't matter the up and down nature of the scoring if you are forward because at the moment we've got guys like Butters who are so up and down, it's not even funny. So, yeah, it's so dependent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll move on because I want to see that list at first anyway before I make a judgment call myself... But Josh Kelly, we've got in here at 580k, 111 uh, average. Um, he's in seven percent of teams and 101 break even. He's got a 131 three round average, and that's when he's playing midfield. We have got McVeigh taking over as coach. Can I, Pato? Can Can I just Can I just do one thing? Go for it, mate. Fuck off, Leon Cameron. Uh, hello, McVeigh. I don't care what the fuck you do, McVeigh. Oh, it just feels good. It just feels good, Paddo. Anyway, balance is restored in the force um, after many, many years. <laughs> um, anyway, so he should hold his mid-roll with McVeigh taking over. Maybe Cornelio too? We don't know. We will wait and see. A um, bit, little bit risky at 580k, but could pay off. Um, we all know that he pumps out those almost 200 games to 200 games um, when that happens. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so hopefully it happens. Second half of the season, um, when you own him, if you end up owning him, um, his yeah, his ceiling's fucking ridiculous when he's in the middle, Pato.
0: Yeah, so we may as well cover it now that you've mentioned it. But with Canelio, it really hurts seeing him drop a thirty-seven. I know he's bleeding cash at the moment, but you have to wait a week or two to see what his role is going to be under McVeigh because. The guy's a natural midfielder. When he's a midfield playing as a midfielder, he's going to score 100 to 110 every week. He's going to be a Will Brody type scorer. Um, and he's obviously a keeper. So that's why you have to look past the 37 and understand that Leon Cameron was the one that threw him forward. Um, when Stephen Johnson was coaching in the preseason, Dono Cornelio played midfield and had some Correct. really big scores. So you've got to just... Just wait it out. Even if it's just for one more week, you've got to see what the role is. If he plays forward again next week, I think even I'm gonna trade him out, Dano. Um maybe give him one more week before the buy, but fuck him off around 12. So we'll see how that plays out. But we'll go back to Josh Kelly because we're talking about midfielders at the moment. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, this is about the time of year last year when and Josh Kelly really took off, and it was when he got moved into the guts permanently. Um, It happened two weeks ago, Dano, he had 153 against Adelaide. He had an 85 against Geelong, but Geelong want to sort of play a bit defensive in their midfield. And they've got guys like Selwood who are pretty decent at winning the footy and and playing for free kicks as well. So we'll we'll sort of scrub that one out. And then obviously the 156 against Carlton, which gives him a three-round average of 131, which... He won't average 131. He'll probably average more towards his five-run average at the moment, Dano, and 118 for the rest of the year. Obviously not overall, but from this point on. That's why I think Josh Kelly is a really good option. I don't know whether you can still call him injury-prone again, Dano, because he played, what, 21 games last year? He missed one yeah. game with an ankle injury. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. he's almost shaken that mantra. And, yeah, he's got north in round 13 too, Dano, during the bye. So that's pretty yeah. fucking juicy for, for a nice little C option there. So... Um,
1: yeah I think you've got to consider him I really yep. do at the price 100% and the next guy as well so I we mentioned him at I think he was just under 500k or, or at 500k when we mentioned Ollie Wines the first time Um, he's at 104 average 2.5% of teams 59 break even 3 round average of 121 he's another option he's another option he looks like he's back uh, since that heart issue um, yeah, so that's all I can say, because I've already spoken about him before, Pato.
0: Yeah, I I think I'm a believer now. I think I mean 155 is easy to get excited about, but then you look at who he did it against and you think, oh, maybe it's not as impressive. Um, but a very low break even at fifty nine. So you leave it too much longer, he's gonna be out of reach. So at five forty it's a little bit risky, but I Don't mind it, don't know. I think he's going to average pretty well for the rest of the year. Um, And a worst-case scenario is your M8 and he averaged 105, which isn't horrible. So, yeah, I like it at the price point.
1: I'm just going to – was it round nine or so, round eight or round nine, when Ollie Wines did his big move last year and everyone started jumping on and he just killed it for the rest of the season? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anyone? one
0: yeah, 139 in round 9 and um didn't look back. He had an 85
1: in round 15 and everything else was over sort of 105. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you can do that again. Um anyway, next bloke is a bit of a left field option. Now, I've been looking on the like all the different footy um super coach groups on Facebook and I've seen so many people mention this bloke Paddo and I didn't even have to prompt you to put him on the run sheet. And that is Brad Crouch at 489K, 103 average. 0.9% of teams own him. He's got a 37 break even. Now, the reason why everyone's talking about him is because his last two games, he's gone 111 and then he's got a 140 in round nine. Jack Steele going down. There's going to be a, more of a spread of points amongst the mids and everyone seems to think Brad Crouch and Jade Gresham are going to be the two that receive more of those points I think it's going to be Brad Crouch more than Gresham uh, personally Paddo what are your thoughts
0: yeah I think Brad Crouch is going to be a really big beneficiary of Jack Steele going down we obviously saw it when he went down on the weekend and he, and he went out to a 140 on the game my only issue is this isn't a permanent option this is only for what 6 to 10 weeks maybe 12 weeks at most and Jack Steele will probably come back so, I think is it a stepping stone at four hundred eighty nine thousand? It's cheap enough to. I mean, you make nearly hundred k from downgrading steel to Crouch. The scoring won't quite be as good as steel, but it won't be that far off. And he probably gets a little bit less attention because it's Brad Crouch. Um, another one playing his former team this weekend too, Dano, and he's played played them once for a one twenty four, and then he has North. So mm. yeah, super low break even. It's risky. Are you happy with having Brad Crouch when Jack Steele comes back? I mean, maybe you are. His scoring hasn't been horrible this year, Dano. Um, except for the forty-nine against Port Adelaide, where I don't even know what happened in that game. But obviously, just had a, a shocker whether he tagged a bit or whether he was a bit crook. I don't know. Um, but he hasn't dropped below ninety-six for for the rest of the games, don't And he's had two ninety-sixes, two ninety-eights, and everything else has been over one hundred and eleven. So it's not horrible. Um, I think. While Steele's out, he could easily average 115. And at four, at 489,000, that is really, really good value. Uh, worst case scenario, it gets to about 550 and you're sideways in back to Jack Steele after he's played one or two games back and really bled in price because his break-even is very high. Um, and yeah, you've, you've got similar points and made a little bit of cash off it. So it's risky, but if you like a little bit of a risky play
1: and you've got the trades to do it, I don't mind Brad Crouch. Yep, no, I don't mind it. Anyway, we'll move to the forward line, and the first guy we've got on the run sheet for the forward line has been the topic of most of our questions this week, Paddo, and that is Dustin Martin at 509K, 103 average, 7% of teams own him, and a 98 break-even. So, being the Richmond man that you are, and being how you're always dick-riding this bloke, do you want to take this one away? Yeah, yeah I, I can certainly
0: address it. Um, Dusty looked really good on the weekend. Now, I didn't go to the game. I had to watch it at home. Did obviously watch the game as well. Um, the, the three goals kind of inflates his score a little bit. He didn't play a bunch in the midfield. Um, he got 13 CBAs, but that is slightly up on last week, so they're clearly building his body of work. The thing is, Dano, he's a pretty decent big game player and dream time at the G is up this week. This week, mm. now, it's as class is a big game because there'll be a big crowd there, and um, I'm actually going to miss this game for my brother's wedding, so um, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I, I like it, I do like it. Um, it's still dusty though, so he's still probably prone to those quite low scores. But I mean, with the forward line the way it is, and the fact that Tom Lynch is a half decent option this year, um. You could certainly do worse. And it looks great when Dusty has those 140, 150 scores and and your opponent doesn't have him and you fucking laugh him because it's Dusty and he's got a huge ceiling. So, yeah, I, I like it. I like it. The CBAs will probably gradually go up. Maybe not heaps because I've still got, you know, that, that pretty good midfield group at the moment. So can almost afford to play him a little bit more permanent forward and rely on him being a goal kicker and just shoving it down Tom Lynch's throat and in, kicking inside 50.
1: Got to love them goal assists. Um, Tom Liberatore is the next one that we've got. 543k, 102 average, 1.6% of teams, 85 break even. He's a massive POD up forward. But again, Pato, it comes down to fucking Bevo's salad and all of that that whole spread of Bulldogs that are getting all the points. And I'm I'm still torn as to whether or not I, I like him as an option. I'm saying no at this stage. But you might disagree with me.
0: I do, yeah. Um, I think they've settled on this midfield group and Liber had the equal most CBAs of all the pure midfielders. Jordan Sweet had more as their their sole rockman, But Liber and McRae both had the same amount on the weekend. So I think, and, the, and there's enough body of work now to suggest that Liber is probably permanently in the middle there. We know what he can do. We know he can have fairly big games. He's probably, his super coach best has probably passed him, but it's that DPP argument and you can pick him as a forward and he'll average you at a hundred. So I really like it. Um, maybe it is dependent on whether Bailey Smith and or Bontepelli get forward status. Cause they're probably more a 105 to a hundred scoring potential. Um, but if they look like they're going to miss out, um, I love Libra as an option. I really do. And he's classed as a POD at the moment, which is pretty crazy. Yep. Yep.
1: Next one is the guy that likes to make fun of Dylan Sheal and the Essendon Bombers. And that is Lukey Parker at 548K, 102 average, 17% of the teams own him, 128 break even. That fucking I was pissing myself laughing, Pato, at his whole ooh, ooh, ooh thing that he was doing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. If you, if you didn't love
0: Luke Parker before then, then uh, yeah, even more reason to love the bloke. Um, we all know Dylan weak weakest piece. We all know he can't hit a target to save his fucking life. Um, I agree with Luke Parker. He's probably—I've said it before—the most overrated player in the AFL um, by no one. So Dylan Shirley is fucking shit. Essendon um, should just drop him and delist him and go let him play for Fuck. fucking Williamstown. That's how bad that fucker is. Jesus Christ! What is about? it
1: all Australian, mate? Is it all Australian? Yeah, I don't know what they were smoking at that table. But anyway. Um <laughs> back to Luke. Back to Luke. Luke
0: Parker, yes, he's a great option, still at a pretty decent price of five hundred and forty-eight, thousand. Um, break him to one twenty-eight though. So you can probably afford to to wait another week on Parker, but the role's there. There's enough of a body of work now to suggest that Heaney is being moved a little bit more permanent forward and Parker is your is your midfield now. So I actually think is a better option than Heaney at the moment, Dano. Even though Heaney is averaging more at the moment, that is
1: very quickly flattening out and I think Luke Parker averages more for the year. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Don't mind that. Um, Shea Bolton at 473k, 89 average, 5% of teams own him, 76 break even. Again, I am going to leave the Richmond talk to you um, because you were fucking bang on with the Tom Lynch shit. So go ahead with the Shea Bolton shit. Tom Lynch is like 575,000 now. He's already out of reach.
0: (laughs) And he he scored 125.
1: Yeah, it's fucked.
0: No, whoa. I mean, someone called it on the podcast last week. Did we have a guest last week or something? Anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah, look, it's probably easy to sound a little bit biased on Shea Bolton, considering he's my favorite player. However... Since the reshuffle three weeks ago, so that was part of my argument for Tom Lynch last week. Uh, Jay Bolton has played a little bit more half forward than he has permanent forward with Baker going back into defense. Same with Bolter, a shame about Bolter as well with that hamstring, but anyway. Um, he's getting a few more CBAs as well, and he's only 473,000, so he's at a really good price. Doesn't have injury history. He's really, really good to watch as well. And I find that really helps when you're looking at trading targets. I don't like picking those boring guys that are great to watch. That's why I've got Patrick Kips on my team. That's why I've got Petrarca. Um, that's why I've got Took. I'm training him in this week. Guys that are good to watch, um, which really helps. So Shea Bolton definitely ticks that box. Um He's only 50K on Cornelio if you're keen to trade him out for whatever reason. um, Yeah, great, great player. Um, Three rate average of 114 since that reshuffle and he hasn't dropped below 100 in that time. He's got one, no, sorry, I was in Lynch. He definitely hasn't gone 167. <laughs> <laughs> that was Lynch. Um, Lynch. Lynch is already out of reach, ladies and gentlemen. Um, You yeah, missed that boat. You should have listened went up to me last on- week.
1: 89k in a round. In one round. Yes. Yeah, he'll Fuck. be. Yeah, he'll be over six hundred thousand. Don't know. And he's not when even he, averaging a hundred. Goals against s Ess-
0: Yeah, when he kicks six goals against Essendon, he could be the highest averaging forward because he could go 180 this week and just be close to seven hundred thousand soon. Like it's wow. ridiculous. But anyway, we're talking about Shea Bolton. So this yep. goes 139. I think he kicked three or four goals that night. So bit inflated there, but Collingwood, Hawthorne, you go 101 and then 102. So the CBAs are there. Um, absolute live wire. He is so involved in goals. He's another one that just rams down the throat of forwards. Tom Lynch being a beneficiary. I mean, what two better guys to to have it kicking it down your throat? Well, three guys. You've got Dusty, you've got Shea Bolton, you've got Jaden Short kicking it out of the midfield. Um, I mean, if if you could pick three guys from the same team to, to be – Kicking it to you inside 50, probably those three, um, if I'm honest, Dana. I don't know if mm. other team's fans agree with me there, but three of the best kicks in the AFL. Um, yeah, 473,000,
1: great to watch. I, I think you tick some boxes if you're looking for a cheapie up forward. Yeah, I was just waiting for Shay to actually start playing some good, solid, fantasy-relevant football, and I, th- I think this is it. I think he's finally hitting his straps. That whole reshuffle that you're talking about has just... Benefit him greatly. So, yeah, don't mind the Shea Bolton shout. Um, the last one we've got here is another another POD. Uh, cheaper mid-pricer, which is Darcy Cameron. We've mentioned him before. 411k, 68 average, but don't let that fool you. He's got 2.5% team ownership and a 44 break even. Now, it's all because of when Grundy went down, Pado, And you've spoken about Darcy Cameron prior. Um, he did get a 90 on the weekend, but very deceiving considering played the Western Bulldogs and fucking you've only got the 3,300 points to split between two teams. So it's a little bit deceiving there. Um, but 104.3 round average, good price. I was a bit hesitant at first when you were discussing him last time, but I kind of see the vibe now, Paddo. Uh, anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I just want to add
0: that, um, yeah, as you said very deceptive score. There were nine guys that scored over hundred for the Bulldogs on the weekend because they had so much of the footy. Um, and that's about what, 1,050 points of the 3,300 just on those nine guys. And there were two guys that scored 98, 94 as well for the dogs. So against any other team with the same stat line, Darcy Cameron probably scores a hundred, 105. Um, and yeah, the, the stat line was good. He had 11, 11 touches, five marks, three tackles, 33 hitouts. Um, four contested possessions, didn't have many clangers, no freeze against. It's a solid stat line and he's, he's certainly not going to have the big one hundred and thirty scores, but he'll, he'll score you between 90 and 110 every week while Grundy's out. And I feel like that's what we need up forward this year, Dano. Um, and if you can get a cheap guy that at 411,000, that's going to give you that consistency. I think that's great. I would prefer that to a, to a Zach Butters, Dano, Um Yep. Canelio, certainly. Um, he Who Shall Not Be Named is a little bit volatile, who I was going to put on this list, but nah. I understand people want to see the big score before trading him in. So just, just don't, be, don't be shocked if he does take off very soon because he's still playing that really great role. Um, but yeah, Dusty Cameron, I, I like it at the price
1: point. And yeah, as I said, the consistency is what I like about it most. Yep, yep. And anyway, we will move on to a listener question. So I'll start with Facebook. Um, and we've had three here so far, um, and pretty much all are about Dusty. Um, yeah, so the first He's one back, is... back, Dana! <laughs> first one's from Pantelos. He goes, okay, should I bring in Dustin Martin this week into my forward line and Rory Lead into my midfield next week, or... Led into middle this week and Martin up forward next week. He's thinking Dusty might go big against the Dons. Pato, the Richmond man, you are going to be spitting bars tonight about Dusty because you fucking love his cock, so you go. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um,
0: Look, it's a really tough one. Rory Laird has a break-in of 108, and if he goes 140 again, that's going to skyrocket. But in saying that, if Dusty has a really big score like he tends to do during big games, and I can't see Essendon tagging him at all, he could, uh, yeah, really jump in prior. So it is a tough one. Rory, lad, you can probably afford to wait another week on. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: agree. I'd maybe err towards Dusty in a in a strange way without with fear of sounding a little bit biased. Nah, I'm with you. I yeah, I'm with you on that one. So we have got Sam next. So he said, coming up to mid-season, will you guys do a top six to eight of each line that you think will be there at the end of the year? We can do that around, around 12-ish after the DPP moves have happened, Pato, the new DPP Yeah, moves. we're going to need something to talk about during that buy. So, yeah, because not many people are playing. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, he's also got a second parter. So he's like, but what a disaster of a week. Any chance Cogs moves back to the midfield or is it best to get rid of him now, Cogs, to Dusty? This one I have slightly changed my tune on Cogs. I actually am tempted to trade him to Dusty myself. Here's why. McVay I actually think McVay coached on the weekend. Pato I don't think Leon did. Every time they went up to the box, McVay was the one with the headset on doing all the talking. Leon was literally sitting back in his chair with his hands above his head just leaning back. I actually think I mean McVeigh he's done that for reins. fucking 8 years, hasn't he? Not coaching. I usually bitches, moans and groans in the box and shouts into a microphone, though. But no one listens to him. But this time around, McVay actually had the headset on the entire time. Paddo. And every time they crossed to the box, it was McVay talking. So maybe it was McVay actually coaching against Carlton, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. I Cogs is going to start leaking cash. I, Dusty's a proven performer every year up forward. And if he's really back and he's slowly building up, I can't ignore it. Especially with this whole reshuffle thing, Pato, And you've fucking convinced me about Richmond and this reshuffle. So, and especially if Dusty's getting all these goal assists, putting them down Lynchy's throat all the time. Bonus points. You know what I'm saying? So, I actually think that this round might be the time to move Cogs on. The only thing is he comes up against West Coast this week. So you look like... You, you feel a bit shit if he goes and scores a 130, 140. Yeah, I disagree with you there, Dana. I think Cornelio is a hold this week. Um, Even if he wasn't
0: playing West Coast, I think it's a hold. I, I mentioned this on Twitter either today or yesterday or whenever it was, whatever, who cares. But um, basically... Jared McVeigh isn't going to try and develop kids. I, I responded to someone that tried to say that he's just going to introduce kids and oh, nah. move guys around. And and, he's, and it was no way. Like they nah. said that about Robert Harvey last year and he used it as a job interview. Didn't get it, obviously. But Jared McVeigh, just like Robert Harvey last year, is going to do everything he can to score this gig because obviously the pay packet. Oh, so me. there's no way he's throwing kids into the midfield or anything like that. So, And at the end of the day... What they've been doing, Dano, hasn't been working. So they've got to make changes. One of those is Josh Kelly in the midfield. Funnily enough, you play your best midfielder in the midfield, then fucking good things happen. Crazy concept, I know. I know. Um, (laughs) Tom Green's obviously in that group as well. Taranto hasn't looked good in the midfield, even though he's going to probably sulk about it. You've got to send him forward. Toby Green's not moving to the midfield. I think that third guy has to be Cornelio. And who has had experience as a
1: defensive sort of negating role in the midfield I know yep canelio for a fair few years there and he actually scored decently doing it too so exactly just like george hewitt is doing at the moment for carlton so i it's it's so
0: obvious to me um it's easier to say in on my couch at home to say oh (laughs) canelio should be playing midfield because he's in my super coach team and he scores better blah 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 but I don't know. For me, it's sharing me right down in the face. I think Joe McVay's going to make changes, yeah. Um, but it's going to be to try and help the Giants win games. They can still make the finals, don't know. It's probably pretty unlikely, but they certainly can. There's enough time still. So I think step one needs to be Canelo in the midfield. Yep.
1: Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, We got Jason. He said, is Dusty back in contention for top six forward? And is Hawkins a shit pick with the teams he's got coming up? Pato, let's have a look. We already, we already spoke about Dusty, so Pado will say yes to the Dusty one. I will say yes to the Dusty one. Now, let's go to Geelong. And who do they have coming up, Pado? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be
0: looking at them for the next three weeks. Yeah, Port. However, post-buy.
1: Ooh. Post-buy. So he's got the round 13-buy. Yeah. Well, He's just talking about He'll the next be- few weeks. He's talking about the next few weeks in his question. So they got Port Adelaide at GMHBA, then they got Adelaide at GMHBA. So they got two GMHBA games in a row, but then they got the Western Bulldogs at Marvel, um, June third. That's not a bad fixture, Dano. They they leak points to key forwards. They actually do. So two home games and then Western Bulldogs, and then they got their bye. and then they got they've the got, Eagles. They've got two byes in a row. They've yeah, got then two byes in a row. Then they got the fucking Eagles, and then they got the Tigers, and then they got North. And then they got Melbourne. Oh. I thought that. And who this- do they have in the Supercoach grand final,
0: don't I? Oh, damn. The Weagles. I don't know if I like it as a trade-in now. However, if you've got a trade left in round twenty-three. Oh. And you don't like a matchup of a of a Dusty or actually Dusty has Essendon in round twenty-three, so he's fine. <laughs> um maybe you don't like Brody um in, in round twenty-three and you've held him all year for a, for a one hundred and five average and you trade him out just before he plays the Giants because you don't like the matchup for whatever reason. And all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm going to go Tom Hawkins and
1: maybe even chuck a VC on him if it's an early game. Might just win you your Super Coach Grand Final, you know? Yep, yep. So he's saying over the next few weeks, though, is Hawkins a good option or not? I'd say he actually is. But I don't oh. think that he's going to be a top six to eight forward. So I would avoid He's
0: four hundred and fifty three thousand. I think R.C. Caraman's probably a better option.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I don't yeah. I reckon he'll score all right, but I think from here on out, I don't think he will be in the top six to eight scorers in his position. Especially once around twelve rolls around and potentially Bont or someone will be forward status or Bailey Smith or someone. Yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah, go I can't to Twitter. Him being... Yeah. Go to Twitter, Pato. And you've had um, here we go. Uh, this this was one that was brought up with one of our mains, Daniel. So he goes, um, but this is Matthew Robinson on Twitter. He goes, love thoughts on some awkward ones, like Travis Boak, Dylan Moore, Luke McDonald, and Daniel Rioli. Well, we've spoken about Dylan Moore, Luke McDonald, and Daniel Rioli previously, but Travis Boak, Pado, he's had that one, like, shit score, and it's going to cost him a lot of freaking Cash, but he's still a fucking solid pick. I, I still don't love it. I've said it all year. I don't love the pick. Um, he's just too old. How can you say he's too old? One forty nine, one fifty six, one thirty three, one seventeen. Then he gets an eighty eight, one eighteen. Then eighty seven. Then one forty nine. And then for some reason he gets a thirty six in round nine. I
0: didn't. I didn't see the game. Maybe he was not too keen on smashing down on North Melbourne, but. I just feel like if it gets to round 16 and put Adelaide are out of contention for finals, then all of a sudden the midfield group's probably going to be Wines, Rosie, and, and Butters. They're going to go a bit younger. Mm. And Boak plays half forward or something like that. I just, I don't love it. Um, I can see the, the merit in it. There's definitely merit in it, um, but I don't love it. Um, just quickly on Luke McDonald, I'm trading
1: him out this week. Pato's love-hate relationship continues. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Um, (laughs) It's all good.
0: And it gives me a reason not to have to watch North games as well, so I'm very happy (laughs) with that.
1: Dylan Moore I was never too keen on. I felt like he was playing above himself a lot of the start of the season. He's proved me wrong, but I think he's had two sub-100 scores in a row near um, or something like that. Yeah, he's definitely
0: getting a little bit more attention than he was previously. So... Thing like that's going to probably kill his scoring for the rest of the year. Um, unless he can move into a midfield role, but that's not happening even at Hawthorn.
1: Um, with the reshuffle, how's Dan Rioli been going,
0: Pato? He's looked really good on the eye test. Um, it hasn't quite translated to Super Coach scoring just yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's at a hundred and eighty-five and a seventy. He's getting really far up the ground as well. He probably should have kicked a goal or two against Hawthorne, but just sort of blazed away from a little bit too far out and maybe got a bit of a rush of blood thinking, oh, what am I doing back inside the forward 50? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's probably an avoid for me. Um, really, really looking good. He's probably top five in our BNF at the moment,
1: okay. but don't love it. I, I'm, I'm going to say no to all four of these, don't I? Okay. And the next one, and my final question is from Nathan Scoble. I'm going to shout out his Twitter handle at scoby Bryant 36 he says if you and your best mate went camping and you woke up the next day with a condom up your royal tunnel would you say anything Well
0: <laughs> one of my really good mates is gay
1: Yeah
0: We've shared tents before and I have nothing to worry about Um you yeah, know I'm good I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say anything but it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen
1: Yeah okay um, I said that's a that's a hard ball get <laughs> Yeah would it, it would be a pretty big hardball kit? Oh shit! I love these questions. Um, Ryan, one of our listeners, has not been um listening as much these days, so the he was the king of the random questions. So yeah, keep submitting the fucking random shit. Yeah, mate. keep them coming, Nath. We love them. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Got Jack givan really good. He's got givan as he's uh doing the shush. To the crowd with the blonde hair. as No, that's goes, just so. a
0: George. That's just a George. Huh?
1: That's just a George. Oh, is it? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're not called the Coach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. Okay. Last week was a bit of a weird one, Paddo. Um,
0: I know all my suggestions again, though.
1: Yeah, Bruce, he didn't go as big as I thought he would. I mean, 120. He scored more than Lockie Neal. Who was my yeah, that's captain? That's true. I thought he was going to absolutely beast DeConing, but anyway, 120 um, still solid. He was on 90 something. at well, I think it was like 96 at three quarter time. So yeah, solid. I might, um, I might actually do it this time, don't I? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Fucking hell, he's. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about it once it comes up. I might actually do it anyway. Friday night. Yeah, Friday night, we got Carlton versus Sydney. Juicy matchup there at Marvel Stadium. Now, remember when we were talking about um, when, last year when Callum Mills got all of his huge huge games at away games? I think Callum Mills is a viable option in this one, Pato, even though I don't think Hewitt's going to be tagging or anything, I think. Didn't Callum Mills just have 168 at SCG? Yeah, I said last year, though. He got most of his oh, yeah. Balls. In a way. I actually man.
0: think um, Hewitt might match up on Mills and negate him a little bit. Um, they're going to know each other very well, obviously, as as former teammates. Um, for that reason, I don't know if I like anyone in this game, Dano. Um, I a don't Krips. know the role Cripps... What role did he play on the weekend? Did he play a little bit more forward because of Mackay being out?
1: No, he played midfield. He was actually head-to-head with Tom Green a lot, including they both rucked against each other at one stage. I mean they're both as tall as Rockman from the 90s so well they're both as tall as each other they're literally carbon copies of each other it's just yeah, yeah. um but yeah Cripps has never really played well against the Giants like I said he's had one score in his career over 100 super coach points against the Giants in his career that's interesting and it continued on on the weekend he didn't go over 100 so I I think it, the Giants are just his bogey team they match up well with him for some reason. But I can see Cripps going pretty solid against the Swans. I can see Walshie potentially going 130 plus. I can see... I honestly I can see, Mills, Yeah.
0: I can see Hewitt having a nice big game against his former team.
1: I don't know. I reckon they'll get stuck into him. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe that'll let Cripps just go off the leash and do whatever he wants. I have a feeling that's going to be more so the thing. They don't have anyone I can see that can really match up with Crips.
0: Yeah, Cripps, as as it stands is my VC, but I do a sort of like a soft mm. soft little play around when it when it opens up and that's what I'm sitting on at the moment, but that can obviously
1: change. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Saturday's game at GMHB A B C D E F G Stadium. We've got Geelong versus Port Adelaide at one forty five PM. Ollie Wines. I don't really don't really yeah, like I don't know that. If, yeah, I don't know if I like any of this. Maybe like Tom Stewart. Yeah. Will Charlie Dixon be back? Could be, but I wouldn't be seeing Well, I'm so thinking maybe Tom Stewart becomes a bit more accountable on Dixon, is what I'm thinking. Nah, he wouldn't play with Dixon. Yeah, no, he's too too short. No, he's not short, but you get what I mean. Um, oh man, Boak versus um the club that's going to draft him next? No. Nah. No? Nah? Don't like it? No. Nah. I do. No. Nah. I, I don't mind Boak or Wines in this one. Butters? No. Nah. No, nah, okay. I don't actually Mate, like Mate, the Dogs play at the same time. That is true. Against the Suns. So we've got the fucking... The Suns are on a roll, Paddo. The Suns are on a roll.
0: Yeah, I'd be nervous if I was the Dogs.
1: Yeah, and it's at Mars too. Didn't they just lose at Mars last time? They did, yes. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, Western Bordeaux versus the Gold Coast Suns. Um, I don't mind a tookie in this one. I don't. Now, last time we mentioned Jack McCrae. Has like a insane average at Mars, and then he fucking went sub one hundred. I'm pretty sure Pato. So <laughs> hopefully he can redeem himself this time around. I'll say Jack. Even McRae. Jack
0: McRae isn't safe from Bebo's salad. Yep,
1: yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, it took and McRae for me in this one, um, just based on previous history. Even though McRae didn't go over a hundred against or at Mars last time.
0: Yeah. Um... I would be avoiding Dunkley. He scored 118, but he kicked three goals in doing it. And I don't, until I see the role go back to that midfield, I don't love him as a VC. Um, I definitely yep. like McRae as a VC in this one. Yep. Definitely. Um, I also really like Wits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's been going good.
0: Going real yeah, good. Yeah. And there's a chance, there's a chance he'll be matched up against Jordan Sweet as well, which is a nice, juicy matchup. Nice, yep. sweet, juicy matchup. Yep.
1: Oh. See what you did there. I see what you hey. did. There. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the next one, which is the blockbuster game that we've all been waiting for. Paddo, drum roll, please. It's North Melbourne versus the Demons at Marvel Stadium at 4:35 p.m. Holy fuck! They're shorter odds what? this week than ever before. They were a dollar two last week. Now they're a dollar one. I reckon
0: they're shorter odds of me getting up and taking a piss
1: when I get up in the morning. Oh fuck. Um yeah, we got Oliver, you got Petrarca, you got fucking I'm I'm not sure I'm gone, but against Goldie, but yeah. Oliver Petrarca take your pick.
0: Luke McDonald. I'm kidding, fuck that. (laughs) Um
1: yeah, I like Petrarca to go like bonkers in this game. Yeah. Yeah, don't mind Like bonkers. Don't mind. Um, next one, seven thirty PM is Adelaide Oval, and it's the Adelaide Crows versus St Kilda Saints. Rory Laird, don't mind. Ben Keys, don't mind him going a bit higher than what he usually does. Paddo, more of a safety pick because he hasn't dropped below hundred, but he could go one thirty. I take Brad
0: that. Brad Crouch against his older team. Yeah,
1: yeah. Bit of a POD one in this one. As a, depending on if you've got the, the um loophole option, I actually kind of don't mind Jack Sinclair, as a really weird VC. But that's Adelaide saying, actually.
0: Adelaide are really good at restricting halfbacks, So if Jack Sinclair plays halfback,
1: no thanks. But that is saying that Melbourne has North Melbourne, and then you got Jack McRae at Mars. So this is like if you're really desperate and you don't have everyone, but you really got big go notes. Uh, but yeah, I don't mind keys led. Jack Sinclair is a pod. What do you think of Jade Gresham? Randomly there, Paddo. There's a random. No, you'd Australian? want to
0: see the. You'd want to see the role first.
1: Yep. Yep. They might. They might. Um. Our next game is the Dreamtime at the G which is Richmond versus Essendon, obviously. Tom Lynch.
0: (laughs) Holy fuck. Yeah, it goes without saying, if you listened to me last week.
1: Tom Lynch, VC. Darcy Parrish. Yeah, yeah. Buddy, Dusty. Yep, I like all those
0: jokes. Jaden Short, I really like. Yeah. Especially if he's going to have someone like Dylan Shield mashed up on him. You're not letting that go. Oh shit. Mate, I else? hope Trent Coche knocks that fucker out again. <laughs> he isn't a hardball get since that happened, don't know. Yep.
1: He's a big unit too. Yeah, he's a fucking pussy. Pato's thoughts, everyone. Pato's thoughts. Sorry, Essendon fans. Um Pato's unleashing today. And it's all on Dylan Shield. Usually it's Geelong or someone like or North Melbourne being a pathetic club. But this time around, it's it's Dylan Shield. Anyway, we'll yeah, move on, Paddo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sunday, Giants versus the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Josh Kelly could get 40 disposals in this one, Paddo. The I'm going to put my teams. money where my mouth is, don't I? Not You're actual good. money. Ooh. So I'm going to VC probably Christian Petrarca. Yeah.
0: Against North. But if He's he done... doesn't score 120, I'm going to go Bruce. Braden Cruz.
1: Yeah, I fucking knew it. I knew it. Only if
0: he's named as the as the, the only rock. If Matt Flynn comes in, I'm probably going to get scared out of it. Yep. But if Flynn doesn't play, I'll do it, and it's it's on record now. It's it's been recorded.
1: I don't mind it. He hasn't dropped below hundred yet, and he's and building
0: West goes up. to West goes to playing five different guys in the rock and not one of them are actual ruckmen.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. The only Jeremy McGovern
1: he- had a hit out on the weekend, Dana. The only thing with Bruce is, and this was one of the most frustrating things to watch as a Giants fan, in that first quarter, that man had so many hitouts, yet none of the Giants guys fucking read them, and it went straight to Carlton. Well, hopefully, Keneally, I'll be able to read him off the hand. And it was it was very annoying to watch. Um, he got a, bit, a few more hitouts to advantage in the second quarter, but that first quarter, I was just, yeah, fucking annoyed. Um, anyway anyone else Josh Kelly we got Braden Pruce
0: Carlton's midfielder a little bit better than West Coast
1: so what about an Alex Witherton if the Giants can't kick straight
0: no I reckon the Giants will actually belt them um, first game of the new coach um, that's why yeah I do really like Josh Kelly I do really like Bruce, obviously um, they're probably the two main ones for me um, maybe a McGovern over Witherton maybe a better option
1: yeah maybe 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 um, we'll move on to the second last game of the round. So, University of Tasmania, we got Hawthorne versus the Brisbane Lions. Locky Neil. You got fucking Locky Neil. You've got Locky Neil. <laughs> yeah, you've also got that guy. Um, Neil? Neil Locky? Yeah, the Lockety Neil.
0: Yeah, he's a really good option too.
1: Yep. Padlock Neil. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe Sicily has been playing all right, but, you yeah, know, Neil Or that other guy, Lockie Neil. Yeah, 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 that's probably the better option.
1: Hey, what was that guy that you forgot to mention?
0: Lockie Neil.
1: Oh, fucking New Year. Anyway, we'll go on to the <laughs> last game of the round, which is Fremantle versus Collingwood Paddo at Optus Stadium. Is there any one yeah. game that you don't mind? Brayshaw? Right, sure? Yeah, don't mind that one. Don't mind that one. Is Sean Darcy probably going about all right? it?
0: Yeah. He had a fifty-eight on the weekend or something, didn't he?
1: Oh, I'm about to double check that because I He got destroyed want to know. got
0: destroyed by wits.
1: Yeah, he literally goes from one hundred and seventy-eight one week in round eight to a fifty one in round nine. I mean two
0: two hundred and thirty over two weeks is better than what Gorn done for us. Uh anyone else? Nah. No. Nah. Ray Shaw's probably like? the only one from this game. But Lock, the, I mean, Lockie Neal, he overlaps with this game. If you if you can't choose someone to captain before Lockie Neal plays footy,
1: you should probably just stop playing super coach. Can I just say, I'm loving the fact that Will Brody's slowly building his his tank up. He's got back-to-back 100 yeah. plus, ga- 110 plus games, Pato. Yeah, imagine starting
0: Will Brody and then trading him out and then bringing him back in at 400k. Anyway.
1: And yeah, that would suck. Um, yeah, it anyway, would. Pado, yeah, it would. Pado, do you want to say your Twitter handle for those that haven't blocked you on Twitter yet? Yes, it's at C. And mine is at C. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I am Dano. And I'm Pado, And this is us signing. The fuck off. This is literally the George Hewitt podcast.